Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the PHNX Sun Devils live show brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, the one and only sportsbook app. Make sure you download the draft. Oh, I can't speak English. Make sure you download the <laughs> DraftKings Sportsbook app today using our code PHNX and put five dollars down on any NFL team to win. And as long as they do, you will receive two hundred dollars in free bets. Thanks you, thank you again for joining me today. I'm Brittany Boyer. Joined with me is uh, Juan Roque. We were supposed to have a third guest, Kyle Murphy. He is uh, still to be found. He, he, <laughs> he might be found somewhere. I mean, we are in Phoenix, and people don't get lost around here very often. So no, but there's we'll, a lot we'll of stuff going on. We'll be able to find a six-foot-five, uh, 250-pound now because he lost a bunch of weight Dude, with a beard. You know, th- there's not very many of those running yeah, around, so I think I we'll be all right. So, well, we might find him. We might... We might dig him up, folks. Yeah, so I'm going to try and shoot him a message here, see if we can at least get him on a video call. But Juan, how are you doing? How was, uh, you know, big event this morning with yes. that Legends Luncheon. The first opportunity for you to get to see all your old teammates really in one place at the same time. What was that opportunity like? It's just magical, Britt, because, you know, all, all of us, when we came to ASU, most of us, not all of us, because, you know, there's junior college guys and guys that were a little older, like Derek Rogers, you know, was in his mid-20s when he was here because he served in the Air Force before playing college football. Yeah. Uh, but for the most part, uh, everybody that was on that team at one point was just a young man. And we grew up here and we came to Arizona State and this is where we became, you know, a family, brothers, teammates, champions. And it's always magical when, when the group gets together because I, I believe that when you play college football and you're part of a program like Arizona State and you play for a coach like Bruce Snyder, you you leave a part of your soul mm-hmm. in Tempe when you leave and, and go on either to professional football or graduate school. You know, we got two doctors in this class, Dr. Damian Richardson and Dr. Kirk Robertson. So whatever path somebody took um, that took you away from Tempe, that took you away from where we became that brotherhood and that family, again, you leave a part of your soul there. Yeah. And it's when we all come back together, it's like you recover that part of your soul. And that part that made you young and crazy and fun, it just comes right back. And you just feel the energy, you see just the love that we all have for one another. And it never happens, it always happens when we're in the big group back together. Because there's, you know, during the season, I've been back 15 years, you know, mm-hmm. since 06. You'll see some teammates during the season, guy here, guy there. Yeah. But there's just something different when it's the whole group or the majority of the group that gets together, just the dumb things we say and just the way we laugh, even even the way you feel and think, just yeah. it rejuvenates you. They talk about a fountain of youth. Yeah. Get Bring a bunch everyone. of get a bunch of old football players back together. That's a that's a fountain of youth. It's like a time machine. It takes you back to that moment in time. Well, I think everyone too brings their their own energy, right? Everyone has right. their own unique uh, piece of what makes them 
um, special to the team and, and their own personality that contributes in its own way. And so, you know, to get all those personalities back in the same room after you all have kind of gone on to right. continue growing and developing and maturing in different ways and then seeing each other now I think it it just makes it that much sweeter because you also can appreciate where their talents and where some of their strong points have taken them in life you know I was asked today at the banquet to speak and they put me last so you know you know me Britt I'm I'm not just gonna do one to three minutes I yeah told them kind of told them to stuff it but um in that in that question that I was asked that led to that speech or, you know, thought or feeling, what was the legacy? What you know, fans always talk about the legacy of that team, but what it means to them. But the question posed to me by Tim Healy was, what in your opinion is the legacy of this team? And I was very frank. I said it was it's success, but not success off the field and on the field, not success for accolades or or the, the things we accomplished as a team. But what we've accomplished as human beings, as mm -hmm. men, as fathers, as sons, um, you know, we have uh, professional men now, first responders, two soldiers. We have just a, an example of what the whole point of going to college to play sports is all about, is you're a student athlete. Yeah. And the whole point is to set you up and to give you the tools to not only succeed in your sport, whether you're male, female, basketball, volleyball, football, um, but how are you going to succeed in life? Yeah. And when it's 25 years later and you got this group of men on a stage along with Coach Snyder's family, along with you know Pat Tillman's brother, with Coach Cazetto, Coach Pettis, um, that is a beacon of the man that brought us all here was uh, Bruce Snyder. So it's success. It, it's yeah. the success that made us champions, the success that made us All-Americans, that made us all Pac-10. Some of us that played on to pro ball was all because of Coach Snyder. And it was a beautiful thing that we were able to come here to play for him. And that's actually a story that I'm going to be working on or that I am working on right now, you know, um, is what you guys have gone on to accomplish off the field. Nobody has talked about that. That's something right, that exactly everyone right. loves to talk about, what the 96 team accomplished on the field. Nobody looks at the fact that you guys have two doctors, a dentist, a fire, a firefighter. Um, you're going back I to school. i got a couple firefighters. Yeah, a couple firefighters. You're going back to school to become a lawyer now. Potentially, yes. Um, well, hey, you got accepted? <laughs> it's about 90%. No, I'm working on it. Well, but, no, but yeah, that's the plan, is I mean, to go back to law school. And yes. you're not the only one. You have another teammate who I believe I heard today wants to go back to become a criminal defense attorney. Yes, and we also also, and Micah Gira is also a, a local attorney here in town. So yeah. we, we got a lot of guys that have done a lot of things. You have a ton of teachers in that yeah. class. That teachers, still work coaches, and influence yeah. the everyday youth. Terry and, Battle, you know, Wild yeah. Lake, Wild Lake uh, Northern, up, up in Michigan. You know, yeah, he's, and he's, so he's there. Um, you know, I, you, and I had Paige Snyder on uh, the Sun Devils Worldwide podcast we used to have a while mm -hmm. ago, and so I finally got the opportunity to meet her in person and introduce myself, yeah. and so I spoke with her a little bit today because I wanted to um, see if she would be willing to sit down and talk with me about what she believes her father would think about what you all have gone on to achieve off of the field, um, and so I'm really excited to get this story done oh, and get it out be awesome. there because you guys have just done so many things, but speaking of Paige Snyder... She was able to address you guys today, her and her sister, and talk to you guys yes. a little bit about uh, what it meant for them to be able to be included in this event, despite the fact that their dad has already passed away, unfortunately, right. at such a young age. But, you know, he had skin cancer. She is a survivor of skin cancer. It's just it's so amazing for the kids, especially their grandkids, to have been yes. able to be there and to see the young men. Or, well, you guys aren't necessarily young now. Young, young <laughs> we still act young, we're not young. <laughs> but um, the, the group that were young men um, that their grandpa 
father got to work with so so closely and develop such a close bond with so we have a video of her speaking to you guys today so we'll watch it and we'll let the viewers uh get to see a little bit of what took place um i'm not sure because leah set this up so great question it would say Paige schneider (laughs) this is embarrassing because this is all live what up guys it's time for our DraftKings pick of the week this week's game is oregon state I think imperfection makes it more entertaining. So what the hell, right? Despise this. I've been here for hours. It was such a special time for us too, as kids. Like I guess I'm actually a couple years older than those two, but to ride ride along and to be a part of the the team, we felt like we were a part of it, and um, we're just so thankful to be here and to have been included in this. And we wish our dad could be here. And Paige has a little note from my mom. All right, thank you guys again for including the Snyder family. Um, these are two of his grandchildren, and so they're so happy to be here to learn about their pop. I share stories with them. They hear it all the time from me, but that's why they're here. Is I want them to soak up all they can of their grandfather. So um, this is from our mom. Um, she is not here today with us. She's back in California. Um, she wanted to share. Uh, that year was probably the greatest in all of your dad's years of coaching. It was kind of a dream. After all of the work and stuff that we had made along the way, it seemed almost unreal. I would like to honor everyone involved and thank them for being a part of it. Your dad and I, well, our dad, <laughs> we were so, we were able to have some of the happiest days after that. Tears come easily when I think of how much fun we had and how much I miss those days. So thank you for extending this to our mom, and she wishes you all well and um, sends her best. So you got to listen to that little bit of a speech from, you know, Bruce's wife. What was that like to hear, you know, um, just a message from her, even though she couldn't be here? I know if you're a coach's wife, it, it doesn't seem like you sacrifice that much, but it's a big sacrifice to yes. let your significant other or not let them, but to work with them and be able to still build your relationship with them being on the road, um, gone, stressed, all of that factors into it. But um, I know he was really a family man. Paige spoke a lot about being able to be around with you guys yes. when she was little. So, um, you know, what was it like for you to just hear that message from Miss Snyder, Mrs. Snyder, I should say? It, it was very emotional because, of course, Coach Snyder passing away in 2009 uh, just left a big void in, mm-hmm. in a lot of things um, for us because, you know, our head coach is gone. You know, four years earlier, five years earlier, Pat Tillman passed away. Um, so being able to hear Linda Snyder's words to her daughter Paige, one, it's like seeing your little sister all grown up because, you know, Paige was, I think, a 12 years old um, when we went on that run. You know, Jen Jen and Tracy were a little older. Tracy was actually an ASU student at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, So they were like sisters. They they were always around. We knew who they were. They, you know, we we always joked with them and talked to them. So they were were just as part of the team as anybody. They just didn't wear pads, (laughs) you know. um, Yeah. But, you know, seeing that and and hearing Linda's words, it it really just uh, made us all feel good. It, It made us feel Coach Snyder's presence there. Because you know, Coach Snyder was all about his family. I mean, he was a family man. He was married happily to Linda for all those years. Had they had three beautiful daughters who are just pillars in their community now, doing the things in life that Coach Snyder was all about. You know, serving the community, being upstanding people and human beings, and um, just having them there and 
having them participate with us and being there with us along with Kevin Tillman and his kids uh, is just special. It's special yeah. in every way. It, 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 it kind of is appropriate to have them there um, so that people can have, you know, see them there and, and know that, yes, these were great men, great coach, great football player, but they were also family men. They were also men yeah. that other, other people that loved them besides fans and media and so forth. Uh, so to have that, it, I just it, it, it adds to the human element of this that in the end, we're all people. In the end, we all have families. We all care about things that are other than football that are in everyday life. And again, not having those two powerful presences there, um, you know, just made it all the more better that, again, the Snyder sisters and, and Kevin were able to join us today. Yeah, and then, you know, it, unfortunately, they're not, on earth with us anymore physically but um i think spiritually they're still here and they're yes. watching what you guys are doing and they would have to be so incredibly proud knowing that you guys walk with their spirit and memory and, and a piece of of what they've left behind with you every single day um but despite the fact that two very key pieces were missing you did get to see some of your old coaches like coach Cazetto, who yeah. you know he really did bring some great energy back <laughs> from deep within you yes. guys right away what was the what was did you get like that on tape? Did you get that? You oh my gosh, that is hilarious. Watch, you you uh, got to watch this. Watch so a little context team. on this. So we used to do this thing called mat drills before spring football. And part of that was the coaches would give directions. And by then you're just dog tired because you just did 45 minutes of conditioning. So the last 15 minutes of this one hour torture session uh, was called mat drills where we would line up in, I think, groups of six. Uh, six across and as many deep as we can. We were, there were there were two full groups of mat drills, so you had about fifty kids on one, fifty kids on the other, and you had some very ticked off coaches barking orders. And one of those was to set and then ready, and then we had to chop your feet, and then they'd give you directions, and and it was just uh, let's just say a not very fun experience. So Coach Cazetto, <laughs> Coach Cazetto, being Coach Cazetto, had to just kind of give us a, a kind of stir our PTSD a little bit and and having us do this. So let's let's take a look. It's pretty hilarious. So what did you think about that excitement? Like I said, it stirred our PTSD because uh, that was usually the beginning of the 15 minutes of torture. So for the ensuing 14 minutes and 50 seconds after that initial breakdown, it was just uh, screaming, yelling, making you start over. Guys started yelling at each other. But, you know, it was a test. It it was a test of toughness because to get through those, those 15 minutes required you to, in essence, ignore the pain. You had to be able to follow orders. You had to be able to do what you were told. You had to be able to execute. You had to be able to function. What is football in the fourth quarter when the game's on the line and there's three minutes left or four minutes left? 
you're tired, you're in pain, but you got to be able to execute. You got to hear the play call. Mm -hmm. You got to be able to do what you were coached to do. You got to be able to, you know, uh, hear a call. You got to run the right route. You got to make the right block, make the right, make the tackle, run the right defense. So it taught us to play football because while it was torturous and I don't think anyone's ever going to say they enjoyed mat drills or the drills uh, leading up to mat drills. But it was it was teaching us to be and conditioning us to be mentally tough. Yeah. So that you become impervious when it's the fourth quarter. You played seventy plays. You're not tired. I mean, you're 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 tired. But what I mean is, you're not breaking down. You're not you're not falling apart because at that point you're chiseled out of wood, and there's nothing that's going to happen that you're not ready for or that you can't respond to or that you can't you know beat the hell out of. So. Do you think that those mat drills are part of the? Uh, oh, we have Kyle calling us in. All right. So. We'll get him on and we can get his opinion real quick. Hi, There's Kyle. my man. What's up, guys? How you hey. doing? Sorry. There you go. That's better. I'm good. Just uh, friends in town from Vegas for the weekend and uh, we're down at Casa grabbing some lunch before we head over to Varsity Tavern at 5. Right on. Sounds like fun. Are you going to go to uh, Devils After Dark tonight at 6 on Mill? Are you going to hit some basketball stuff? I'm gonna. I'm just gonna go where probably most people go. So wherever most of the fellas are going is where I'll end up. I know Kendrick Bates is uh, judging the dunk contest, so he's one of the judges. So I know he's oh, excited Kendrick. about that. Um, honestly, it's kind of like at the luncheon. I just love hanging out. So wherever the most guys are doing the most things, we'll be in the middle of it. Well. We just were watching the video with Coach Cazetto having you guys run through the mat drills again and a little bit of the uh, PTSD he gave you. And the question I was about to ask Juan, and I didn't get it out yet because you started calling and I wanted to get your input on this too. Do you believe that uh, the mental grit and the toughness that those kind of drills uh, prepared you for are something that have helped each and every one of you succeed to the level that you have off of the field? Hundred percent. I think everything that we were put through, uh, even you know the the tough years. You know, Juan was there a year before me, um, but you know, six and five in '93, three and eight, then six and five. You know, and Juan mentioned it at the lunch and the close losses that we experienced. Uh, you know, U of A in '95 was one of those that stand out for me. It, it forced us, and then going through what we had to go through at Tonazona, like all of that is what led to 96 and I agree with you the the grit the perseverance the that we all had and that we required of each other propels me in things I do today like I have a very difficult time giving anything up um, which isn't always a good thing right I can be incredibly (laughs) stubborn but it's that that willpower to to fight through in order to achieve what we wanted. And that really was what it was. And I think, you know, what the coaches did such an outstanding job of in mad drills is they they turned us against them, right? They did things in a way that made us despise what we were doing, you know, as, you know, Cazetta was making us do mad drills, the things we remember, because it then <laughs> tightened our bond, right? And so all of those bonds are, are tightened. Um, and mad drills was certainly a big part of that. Juan, what's your, what do you have to say about the mat drills? What's your input on it? Well, like Kyle said, it, it, it united us, in essence, against the coaches because you're so ticked off. But at the same time, you have to be able to function. You have to be able to not let your teammates out. The whole point of the drill 
is to not let your brother down. Because if you were the guy that didn't run all the way through the line, if you were the guy who was too slow to change direction, if you were the guy who didn't seed roll correctly, remember those, Kyle? If you were the, if oh, you were basically yeah. the weak link of the group, you were going to get everybody sent back. So what it really conditioned in all of us is I can't let my brother down. Like Kyle said, these guys are out to get us right now. They're, they're out to torture us. They're out to make life difficult for these 15 minutes. I'm not going to be the guy that lets my brother Kyle down. I'm going to give it my 100% balls out effort so that I don't, I'm not the guy that screwed it up. And it teaches accountability to, to each and every one of us. 100%. And, and to go along with that, some things I learned when I started coaching, it was forging the bond because the coaches aren't out there on the field. Right? You have to be able to rely to the guy to your left and to, to your right to not let you down as Juan said you know and that was my you have personal things you want to achieve personal goals ultimately though I never wanted to do anything that you know made Juan look bad or made Kirk Robertson look bad or mm -hmm. you know the rest of the offense and that's really what all of that did and we just didn't know you know again we were 18 to 22 years old we think we know what what's what and we, <laughs> you know we had no idea yeah now you guys uh I know for some people it really kind of is a point of pride but also a point of concern that the 96 team really was uh, the last Arizona State team to truly reach that level of success. Um, what are some of your bets? Like if you had to place a bet on, um, you know, if you guys all got back together, who would be like the most athletic still? Who would you bet on being the oh. most athletic out of your pr prior group? Oh my gosh! Uh, well, it certainly wouldn't be any of the offensive linemen. No. Uh, uh, I mean, look, we had some incredible DBs. I mean, Damian Richardson. Uh, I, I saw him not too long ago. He looks in tremendous shape, so I think he's still probably pretty athletic. Uh, I mean, Brian Jennings looks phenomenal. Yeah, he looks uh, great. Vince, Amy looks great. I mean. He'd look better guys. if he I mean, wasn't repping those red and blue colors all the time. I, I would put my money on Kendrick. I, you know what? I'd put my money on Kendrick Bates right now because his ability to play basketball and move, and he still looks like he could play it today. I would, I'll go Kendrick. That, that would be my guess. Kendrick Bates, yeah. Kendrick is in incredible shape. I'll tell you who impressed me that looks awesome. I don't know how good he moves, but I know he looks amazing, and that's Jeremy Stott. He he looks phenomenal. Yeah, I, yeah. I I was blown away, Kyle, when I saw him. I'm like, wow, you look like a changed man. You he, he three years ago he weighed the same thing I did. Now I feel like the fat guy in the group because everyone's losing weight and I'm still where I'm at. So that's okay. Jake no, Plummer uh, very much reminds me of uh, Aaron Rodgers look that he's got going on right <laughs> now, where he kind of just looks like he came out from uh, like a time machine and is like, hey guys, I'm back. His beard and his hair yeah. that he's Kyle, got rocking. Kyle, would you agree? Kyle, Jake goes through these stages. Um, he'll go through the beard stage, and then he shaves it all off. And then he'll yeah. be clean shaven for a while. Right now, he's in a beard stage. And, you know, it, and that's just what it is. It's just Jake. <laughs> 100%. It was something I, I, I'm not sure that I really realized until the stories, I guess, more recently. Or, or it just didn't hit me that... For as much structure as we had, and I, and I think sometimes I was so focused on being disciplined, I didn't see the other aspects that, you know, Bruce allowed us to be us, right? Jake got to be Jake. Jake wasn't, right. they didn't try to make Jake into something else or Pat or 
you know, Sean Sueda or Juan or anybody else, everybody got to be who they were, mm -hmm. uh, which I think is, it gives a lot of credit to Snyder that I hadn't, something I just hadn't thought about, um, particularly in the nineties. Cause I, I always felt like we were so structured and, and in a lot of ways we were yet he allowed the goofiness, the character side of us to, to move fluidly and, mm -hmm. and didn't try to sign me that part of who we were, you know, and it, again, shows his leadership and, and his ability to understand what his team needs. Yeah, and, and on that vein, Kyle Murphy had one of the most legendary descriptions of Jake. I, Kyle, I'm going to take you back to an ESPN story that they did on Jake Plummer. Remember this, Kyle? Okay. And they were talking He's about like, Jake. No. They were talking about Jake and Kyle started to describe Jake's antics in the locker room. Oh, and, right. Yes. And then, uh, and I hope you remember this. So then the the oh, comment, oh, the ESPN reporter asked him, so he's not really a snake. And you answered with what, Kyle, remember? Oh, no, that I don't. I, you uh, said he's a farm animal. <laughs> <laughs> he said, so he's not really a snake. Like, no, he's a farm animal. I mean, again, there, I, I think... I think that's what makes that again part of what makes that team so great <laughs> yeah, is we still great. do we still rip each other like it's yeah it's there's nobody you just come in and you, you're right back into it you're right back ripping on each other you're right back it's his stories you're like I I had forgotten about that you know um, it just so many things that are yeah. are awesome about it and I want to go back to what you said Brittany I, a concern for me is I love that we talk about us and we celebrate. Yeah, I, I want to celebrate. I want other people to experience what we got to. I, right. I want other athletes, other football players to get to experience everything that we've gotten to experience. Because it is. It's, it's been amazing. And it continues to be amazing. And um, it, it's unlike anything else. And it's, it's really hard to describe. Uh, and you just want that for them. Because you know how hard they're working. Yeah. You know, we've been there. As, as have you. You know, you know all the time and effort being put into it. Yeah, it's a lot. So, I mean, I know a lot of people would love to see this Arizona State team go back. If you want to go place a bet on how um, likely they are to make it to the Rose Bowl, I'm sure you can do that on DraftKingsSportsBook.com or by downloading the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use our code PHNX. Put $5 down on any NFL team to win, and you will get $5 or, I'm sorry, $200 in any NFL or in free bets. I can't speak English today. I'm having a really hard time. Um, it's Friday, Brett. It's Friday. It is Friday. Uh, yeah, so make sure you download that DraftKings Sportsbook app. Um, 21 plus only. Arizona only. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Also, speaking of beards, whenever uh, Jake is ready to shave his, he can use our code if he goes to Manscaped. PHNX and get 20% off uh, on the lawnmower 4.0 to get a nice little shave going on when he's ready to get that cleaned up. So yeah, he'll, at some point he'll show up that clean shaven. That's a terrific segue. Well done. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that is. So um, going back to, you know, talking a little bit about the past um, and you guys playing together and the fact that no one has gone on to really accomplish what you guys were able to accomplish. That 2013 team came close. You know, they made the right. Pac-12 championships, but no one's gone past there. Um, this team has the potential to be special, but you know, there still seems to be somewhat of an issue with communication on the offensive line. And I have two great offensive linemen sitting here with me, so I'd like to get your take on where you think they could improve. 
Well, I'll start because uh, because yeah. because I think it's important that I, I let Kyle know this is that there's no way in hell, and I say this with the from the bottom of my heart that I would have been as good as I was, or that I would have achieved what I did without him next to me. Um, Kyle was an intelligent football player who studied hard, worked hard, and by the time we were midway through that 96 season, we played a lot of games together. It was instinctive. And when you have that type of greatness next to you, when you have that type of presence, um, it, it elevates you. And what I would like to see from these guys is that type of relationship with each other. Mm-hmm. Is where you, you, you become almost instinctive. You become almost where you anticipate what your, brother, your brother's going to do. Um, and you hold each other accountable because Kyle was a leader in that sense. Even though you're younger than me, he was a leader on that group because he held us accountable to each other. We held each other accountable. But that's what I'd like to see more of. Uh, and and I, I haven't seen it mm-hmm. um, because, as you know, this group, you know, it keeps changing every year. They, they've lined up with a different group of five for the last three years. It's always a different group. Um, we didn't have that problem because by nine, by the time we were 96, we'd all played together a long time at that point. So it's, it's just, I just, I would like to see, and I, w- I wish that I would see more of that where they're holding each other accountable. How about for you, Kyle? I, I mean, I would agree with that. I mean, I can go back to, and I appreciate everything, you know, Juan that you said, I mean, again, Juan is, um, you know, one of those special people in my life and forever will be. Um, Likewise. <laughs> his game elevated me. Kirk Robertson elevated me. 95, we were playing Oregon. I was coming back off a ACL a partial tear and wasn't playing very well. And Kirk got in my face and, you know, said, if you talk about wanting to be the best, then you got to go out and play play like it. You know, and it, it's to Juan's point that if guys aren't playing well, and, and hopefully they're doing that in, in the meeting room, it needs to be done on the field as well. If you mm-hmm. are consistently getting penalties, if you are consistently hurting your team, then your brother's got to let you know about it and let yeah. you know that that's what you're doing. And so, you know, penalties is a an accountability thing. It, it, you, it, as Juan said, you have to be accountable to one another, and that's really what penalties are. There's aggressive play, and then there's not fixing mistakes. And having the same mistakes over and over, that's what leads to inconsistent play. Um, you know, consistent play, again, it's that oath that we talk about, right? Mm-hmm. I will I'll care about my teammates. I will display courage. I will uh, know what to do. All of those things matter. Uh, and so... Yeah, you got well, tested think, on them today. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And I What's think, later? you know, Juan's point about accountability is the biggest thing. Because that's all, honestly who you should be playing for. You should mm-hmm. be playing for the guy around you. Because ultimately... If you're doing that, your game will be elevated. It's yeah. just that's the how. Now, last question in terms of what you guys, um, what your opinions are with some things that are going on right now before we segue into this week's game. But um, I know you both pay fairly decent attention to Arizona State football and what's going on. So Just a little bit. I mean, I'm not sure if you guys really uh, listen to a lot of the press conferences or get to hear all of those. So, um This week, Herm Edwards talked about how following up with the Utah game, he wrote the captains of the team a handwritten letter, um, just addressing them and kind of letting them know his thoughts and and talking to them in a way that he felt like it might resonate more with them. And after he did that, Darian Butler came into the media room on Wednesday and sat down and said that uh, he, he actually took kind of a lot of the 
fault for that loss in Utah and said, I know for a fact I was not one of the leaders that I needed to be. I was not vocal enough. I didn't do what I needed to do. And that loss is partially like a lot on me. Um, so as former players, how does it feel? Um, you know, what, what kind of vibe do you get hearing that the coach wrote them a head note or the head coach wrote them a note, handwritten note. And, um, you know, now some of the players are actually taking that accountability for the loss. I mean, I, I'll, I guess, sorry about the plane overhead. I'll, to me, it's kind of a twofold thing. Um, I think it's great that you're taking accountability. Mm -hmm. I think you have to understand, you know, you have to start with yourself, which is what Bruce always taught us, take responsibility for your actions, for the things, the decisions you make. Um, the other piece is making sure, you know, part of being a leader is making sure those guys are following. You. So if that hasn't happened, that's a little disconcerting because you have veteran guys on both sides of the ball, guys who have been in the program for three years. And Especially that, on defense. Right. That shouldn't be an issue. And so that, to me, is the part where it's like, what else is going on? There's another piece that is affecting that. Because that should not be happening. Communication issues, um, accountability issues. You know, if you're, if you're hearing the things that we've heard in the past, and yet we're say, making the same mistakes and those things that we've heard about haven't really been right. taking place. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a two-double-edged sword on that. It's good to see accountability. It's good to see a senior standing up. But when you're seven games into a season, you know, that's really a conversation you should be having the first or second game, not after a critical conference game where everything was going right and then all of a sudden everything went wrong. Yeah. But at the same time, there's enough time left. There's enough game left. There's enough season left. Like Kyle said, if you can clean those things up, yes, accountability is huge. And I think that Herm writing his captains, uh, first I've heard of a coach doing that, but just shows you that Herm Edwards is also not your typical head coach. He's been around mm -hmm. a long time. He knows, I think he's getting a feel for his seniors because this is his senior class now. Yeah. And I think it's appropriate he did that. If he sees something, because then this man's seen a lot of football. He's seen a lot of winning football. He's also seen not so good football. So when you have a man like that leading your program, if he felt compelled that he had to do that to maybe stir things up and get these guys thinking about accountability, thinking about being more vocal, somebody has to step up and lead these guys. Yeah. And somebody has to be that guy. And somebody has to be the catalyst, so to speak, or the, the spark. We had several of those guys, um, Jake, Kyle, Derek Smith, Pat, I mean, we just, we had guys that were vocal that, 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 that provided that spark to the team. Mm -hmm. And that is something that I feel is needed on this squad. Don't wait for someone to be the guy. You be the guy. And yeah. maybe Darian in doing that, hopefully has morphed into hopefully that passionate spirit, spirited guy that's taking care of his business too, don't mind you. Um, but we'll also start holding accountable around him. Yeah, and you would just hope that that would uh, help kind of inspire the others to lead by example as well after they see him doing what he's doing. So, you know, it, I think it, I, it's going to be interesting to see. Go ahead. I think the competitive, I think the other part that I'm not sure that I, I recognize enough from our team is how competitive it was at practice. Yes. Like it was <laughs> competitive. Like nobody wanted to lose. We did things to piss the other side off. There was a lot of talking which I, I imagine goes on now, that bred that, that next level for us, right? Being that competitive in practice and not 
allowing an inch to anybody is what helped elevate us. Um, And so, you know, I'm not at practice every day, so I can't speak one way or another to it. I'm hopeful that that's happening. Because if it is, then again, that's, then you can keep getting better. Again, it's, you're five and two, your goals are still available. You know, it's not as if the season's a loss. I think it's just, hopefully, the issues that they have dealt with at the beginning part of and through these seven games are are no longer yeah it's funny Kyle mentions about competitiveness and practice and you wanting to kick the defense's rear end day in day out because again it got peer spirited and it seemed like the more critical the game the higher the temperature was at practice and I'm not talking about the air temperature I'm talking about the heat of us going after each other Kyle and I would actually change calls because you play against the, our offense long enough, they're gonna, the defense starts getting hip to what we're doing. And if they hear me say something to Kyle or Kyle Mango, call me. So we would actually change it up. We, we would make things up just to screw with them. So they would I know like what we were though. doing. Remember that, Kyle? Like, we would change the. I do. Yeah, we would, you know, we would, cha- we what would just was change your the calls. favorite, most random call that you just like changed? I, I, I we, we, um, <laughs> remember Kyle Afuera? We, we would have this, uh, call. It was called Outside, Outside, where Kyle, right. we would, we would fan out to the, the D end and the tackle because of the linemen. Right. And I talk call it Spanish words afuera means outside mm-hmm. in Spanish. Right, right, right. And we used it in a practice, and I believe it was uh, I Sean Swain. I said, "What the hell are you guys talking Spanish for?" He <laughs> yeah, had no idea what we were doing. Yeah. It was, but that's how it was. You, we, we were trying yeah. to find any competitive edge we could. I like it though. That's that's those are like the awesome stories. <laughs> um, so this week, big game. You know, it's really not ideal to go into a buy off of a loss, but um, this loss or the not the loss, the buy came at a good point in the season for the team. Um, you know, at that seven week mark, give them a nice little bit of a refresher as they get into this final stretch, which is not by any means going to be an easy stretch. Um, what are there's three of us here. We normally do three keys to the game. So if we each want to do what our key will be, um, I can go last. If either of you would like to go first for what your key to victory will be, go for it, Kyle. <laughs> uh, for uh, for me, it'd be defensively getting third down stops, getting getting mm-hmm. off the field on third down, allowing the offense to have more possessions and. Uh, keeping the other offense off off the field, not allowing them to have that momentum. So third down uh, conversions or you know, not allowing third down conversions uh, for the defense. Yeah, I think a critical key, because that is a very critical key, but I think one is offensively, they got to stay on the field. Mm-hmm. Um, they can't match the three and out. So if our defense, like Kyle said, is, is getting them off the field and keeping their offense on the sidelines, the offense has to reciprocate with sustained drives. We They can't be going five, six, seven plays and then all of a sudden breaking down at like the 48 yard line and then having to punt it or go for it on fourth down. They need sustained drives. Consistency on first and second down is going to be critical in this game. They got to get, you know, whether it's train them, whether it's, it's Ngata, any one of the backs or or, whether a six yard pass, they got to be able to have success on first and second downs. They got to stay out of that third and eight, third and 12, I mean, the, the, those brain farts of false starts and holdings, that has to be cleaned up. Yeah. And it's going to be critical on first and second down to be able to get into second and five, third and two, second and two. Why? Because then you could take your shots downfield. Then you can take those risks. You can you could run that streak right route and try to get that quick touchdown, but sustained drives. Success on first and second down 
consistently is going to be key in this game. It's a game they should win. Mm -hmm. But as we see, there's no should in this league. No. The Pac-12 is the league where any Anything. Saturday you're going to get your ass kicked if you're not prepared because whether it's a 1-9 team playing a 9-1 team, the 1-9 team has a chance Yeah. in this conference. So Unless you're the 0 they gotta be ready. team because then you don't really have a chance. Uh, if you remember, a 2-9 or 2-8 or whatever it was, no, U of A, sure. Arizona team – ran over an ASU team that was all they had to do was win to be bowl eligible in 2016 remember that and in 2011 yeah. all ASU had to do was beat a 2 and 9 U of A team yeah. to win the Pac-12 South yeah and then they and ended up going 6 and 6 Mike Willie's dropping the end zone remember that so yeah we know how that ended it's it's <laughs> rough but um i think my my key to the game is going to uh, aside from obviously being cleaning up the penalties um I think it's going to be, you know, getting back to your basics on tackling. I didn't like how I felt like things were getting sloppy for a while when Todd Graham was here. Defense really struggled with wrapping up, bringing guys down. They were so worried about just trying to bump guys out or, or strip pushing the ball. quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah, but they're not actually like getting back to the basics of wrapping guys up and tackling. Um, and I felt like there was a little bit of that coming to fruition against Utah. And I don't know if it's because they were getting frustrated. They're trying to just bump into people. You're trying to strip the ball to get a turnover, whatever it might be. I think they just need to do their job, play clean football, wrap up, tackle, bring them down. Nothing That's more. That's a good point. I like it. So those are my keys. Um, do we want to make any predictions for what the final score is going to be? I, I think – go ahead, Kyle. Go ahead. Go ahead, Juan. No. Well, I think – Given what Wazoo's been going through, you know, they lost their head coach. They lost several position coaches. This is a team that you would say right now is probably rudderless. But that's also a dangerous team. However, at the same time, I think that the Sun Devils with Herm Edwards and Jaden and, and, you know, Darian and all the guys that I think maybe were slapped a little bit awake a few a couple weeks ago where mm -hmm. they realized that you're not just going to come out after halftime and the team's just going to lay down because you're who you are and you're up 21-7, I think they learned a bitter lesson in that game. I want to think that they learned a bitter lesson in that game. If they are winners and champions and competitors, they learned a bitter lesson in that game. I think they're going to come out fired up. I think we're going to see guys flying around. I think we're going to see some of these, hopefully, issues resolved. You're at home. Mm -hmm. It's homecoming, yada, yada, yada. But in the end, it's football. you got to do it in the 60 minutes that you're in the game. I say ASU figures it out. Gets it done, gets to six and two, and I say Devils forty-two, Washington State seventeen. All right, you want to go next, Kyle? Yeah, I mean that's that's a tough act to follow. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I I agree with Juan in that I think the first quarter is going to tell us where this team is at. I because I, I would you know if I'm speaking about our team, then we would we would have come out pissed off, right? Fired up looking to be competitive and show people that what they saw previously was not, you know, who we are. So I'm interested to, in, in seeing that. I think they come out, I, I think it's going to be 30, ASU 30, Washington State 18. I think they come out and I think they run the ball really well, uh, get a couple big plays through the passing game, and then just really, really maul them at the end. That's what I think. I think that's how they're going to come out and play. So. How about you, Britt? All right. I have the final score being uh, 40 to 24. I think Washington State is a a shifty team, kind of hard to prepare for in a, a way because you look at how they started the year and then, you know, they fired their head coach. Not that that changes what you need to do on the field, but then you also have to take into consideration, okay, well, 
Um, what are they going to be prepared for? What aren't they going to be prepared for? Uh, they're big. They're physical. They're experienced. Um, I still think Arizona State's going to be able to get the best of them, but I don't think it's going to be a cakewalk like some people are anticipating after they're thinking of the start of Washington State season. So I got it at 40-24. We'll see what ends up happening, though. Let's hope that our devils take care of business. Yeah. Well, Kyle, is there anything else that you want to add, or we can let you get back to go eating with your family and friends? No, I think, uh, you know, ultimately I'm just a very thankful person. I'm very thankful that uh, Dan Cazetto recruited me, that Bruce Snyder offered me a scholarship, that I spent uh, my very formative years here, um, and that I have created a family because of that. Um, so I'm just a, a really thankful person. I'm thankful for the guy sitting in your studio with you. Um, so, yeah, that, that's all I would share is that I'm just incredibly thankful. And I'm thankful for you coming on the show, taking the time out of your day to join us. It's always amazing to get to talk to you. You're one of my favorite people. I know I don't really get to tell you that enough, but, you know, every time you come to Phoenix, I do have quite a bit of a deep life talk with you, and I always appreciate for it. Sure. So. Kyle, thank you so he's, much. He's good to have those with, isn't he? He really he is. is. Ke- Kelly is too, though. His wife, Kelly, is <laughs> Oh, awesome Kelly's too. awesome. Yeah, that's, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, I appreciate it. I'm sure I'll see you around tonight, but thank you again sure. so much. All right, bro. I'll see you soon, bro. Got it. All right. All right, bro. Thanks. So, Juan, we are almost done. We're going to go through our Pac-12 picks of the week because <laughs> oh, we like to talk a little bit about what else is going on. Um, so first and foremost, we started with the ASU-Washington State game. That was the first game on the schedule, if the rest of them will open. Kind of low computers these days. After huh? that, we have Colorado at number seven, Oregon. I don't see how Colorado gets anything done up there. I think Oregon's going to go into that game pissed off. I think that last week, that little shakeup in uh, Westwood woke them up a little bit that they're not going to cakewalk through anybody in this conference. And I think that Colorado coming off that win against the U of A is going to probably be riding high, but they're going to get quacked hard. They're going to get quacked harshly. And I think Oregon's going to have that game that they haven't had this season, probably since the beginning of the year. I say Ducks 52, Colorado 10. Yeah, I don't have a final score I think Thibodeau's going to Thibodeau's going to Thibodeau's going to have another effing great game. <laughs> it's going to be a big game for them, I'm sure. You know, Colorado's offense I'll, only put up ca- 104 yeah. They're yards. not going to block Thibodeau, Britt. They They're not going to block Thibodeau. 104 yards yeah. against yeah. Cal. Yeah, Thibodeau's going to be the number one pick of the draft. I said it. Yeah, he's he's he's, he's going to be, be better than Miles Garrett. He's good. I said it. Um, <laughs> after that, Arizona at USC. I'm going with USC <laughs> in this one too. You can't pick Arizona. I think at this point in time, they were finally looking like they might win last week against Washington, and then Dil- Dylan Morris came out in the fourth quarter and just lit them up. I think that uh, the Trojans right now are in disarray, but you can't sleep on the fact, and we are not going to be able to when we face them either. They're phenomenal athletes on that side of the field. They are well coached because they got mm-hmm. a good staff that that stayed in place after Helton was let go. Yes. So this is a team that can kick your teeth in if you're not careful. Yeah. And you send in a Wildcats team that's reeling. Literally, that program's reeling right now. And even though they put up a good effort and a good fight, eventually that starts to wane because it's hard to go in week in week out and just get your head kicked in. Yeah. Or to blow it at the last minute. They've had injury issues. They've had execution issues, penalty issues. I think that two teams that are in two different uh, universes right now, one with a new head coach, one without a head coach, well, at least uh, a perfect coach. I feel like lives in a different universe because they're they, not happy unless they're winning a national championship that year or Pac-12 yeah, championship. Which is, which is a little bit funny to say, Britt, because I haven't done it in over 17 years. Yeah. It, and, you know, the one that they did get the most recently was taken away from them. So, yeah. um, 
So I, I still say that uh, USC is going to dominate. USC is going to roll. I don't think the Wildcats have a chance in that game. USC 49, U of A 17. It'll be close for about a quarter and a half, maybe even. You may even see a halftime score that would be shockingly 21-7 or something along those lines, but I think eventually the Trojans are going to break it open. U, U of A is not going to be able to compete with those athletes. All right. After that, we have Oregon State at Cal. This is a super close game in the sports books. Um, you know, Oregon State's been looking hot, but yes. Cal had a big win last week against Colorado that I think really helped boost their confidence. I think it really helped them kind of uh, establish a little bit of an offensive identity and figure out uh, where they're at. So, uh, you know, what is your take on this one? I think the Beavers build a dam all over the Bears. Well, <laughs> I don't think the Bears have a chance in this... that game. Oregon State is physical. They will beat you up. They tackle. They, they, they swarm on defense. They are a well-coached football team. I think they are the most underrated team in the Pac-12 Conference right now. They slapped around Utah. The same Utah team that ran ASU over in that second half that looked basically unbeatable, the same Utah team that beat up on USC got rolled yeah. last week. Physically, they got dominated. Oregon State, I think, has Oregon in their crosshairs, and they're taking it one game at a time, kind of like we did in 96. They have their Rose Bowl aspirations too, Britt, so... I think it's going to be a heck of a game, but I say the Beavers are going to be rocking it, and they'll come out with a huge win in Berkeley. Well, this was our DraftKings Cheese Pick of the Week because we could not make up our minds. So if you want to go ahead and roll that one, Aaron. What up, guys? It's time for our DraftKings Pick of the Week. This week's game is Oregon State at Cal. It's time to see what the cheese says. All right. Bam. I hit Cal. All right. We got it on camera. Good. I got two cheesies. They broke on half, so let's make a cheese ball. I'm aiming for Cal because I think Cal's going to win this game, but that's why it's a cheese pick because we just don't know where it goes. That's Cal. Give me Cal. All right. <laughs> we that's went great. with Cal because of the cheese pick. My gut, though, says Oregon State will be able to pull this off, but I think it's going to be a close game. I mean, it's a one-point spread right now in the, the, you know, the books. I think it's for good reason. I think it's going to be, honestly, out of all of the games, I think that this is going to be a sleeper game, but it's going to be one of the best games. I, I agree. I, I still think the Beavers are going to roll. I think that when you look at that offensive line, and they have just been crushing people the last few weeks, and again, they have Oregon in their crosshairs. They're not there yet. They got a few games to go. And every opponent is just another hurdle to get to that game against the Ducks. And I don't know, the Beavers, uh, they're looking really good right now, Britt. I'm, uh, put it this way. I know there are ways away for us, but we're going to have all we can handle in Corvallis in November. We better be ready to go. But it starts tomorrow with Wazoo, so we're not going to yeah. get too ahead of ourselves. We'll cross that bridge later. <laughs> we got, after that, UCLA at Utah. Um, I think on paper, this Go Bruins. Be the biggest game <laughs> Go of the Bruins. weekend. Yeah, um, I have UCLA winning this. Shane picked Utah, but I went with UCLA. I think that, you know, you look at the stats, especially if Dorian Thompson Robinson's going to be playing. God, he's good. Um, you oh, know, my he, gosh. They were a little bit uncertain of what was going to happen to him. He had an injury to his throwing hand last week. Yeah. Um, and still balled out. He did. With injury. What tells so, you how tough that kid is. Yeah, it was. That game was good. It was a great game. Holy crap. So, That's what college football is all about. You know, I, I think that Utah. They were on a good run, but I think last week they kind of just got punched in the mouth. And, and for them, yeah, they're going to be upset, but I don't think they're going to come into this game with the same kind of chip on their shoulder that UCLA is going to come into this game with. You just had college game, game day at your campus for a huge game, and you almost were able to upset Oregon. The conference is in disarray. 
Um, you know, you knew, you were favored at the beginning of the year to win the Pac-12 South, especially from the eye test with the first couple weeks until you, they had lost to Fresno State. So just a lot going on with this game. So much on the line. I'm rooting for the Bruins in it. I think it's best for you uh, for ASU in that. But um, I'm, I'm excited to see Dorian Thompson-Robinson ball out too. I, I am, and I think that Chip Kelly is going to have them playing pissed off and Obviously, Utah's at home, so it's mm-hmm. it's 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 comfort for them at Rice Eccles. It's a tough place to play. They got a great fan base there. They're rabid, um, you know. And hats off to that program up there. But I just think that right now the Bruins have a lot more to play for. I think that they know that they came so close against Oregon, and there was just critical mistakes at key times, a big play here, a missed tackle there. And I think that uh, what happened with Oregon, I mean Oregon State running over Utah last week. I think it's it's one or the other where they can potentially show up with that chip on their shoulder, but I agree. I think that UCLA goes in there and uh, they give the, the Utah reality check. Finally, Washington at Stanford. Um, this one for the North could have um, a really big impact on how it, I think it plays out. Um, I'm going with Stanford in this game, especially after you saw the meltdown that Washington had last week against U of A. I oh, mean, God, they that were was bad, wasn't it? That was a painful game to watch. Oh. I'm sorry, they didn't have a meltdown, but the, the, the meltdown U of A had against Washington. But Washington's inability to produce at the beginning of that game for the terrible. first three quarters oh, was so awful. bad. Um, and and it, it all comes down to Dylan Morris, in my opinion. I think he's the X factor. When he started hitting his shots that he was taking down the field, he looked good. But for the first half of the game, he his accuracy was so off. And that's the problem that I feel like he's been having for most of the year. So um, if he's able to pass accurately and be in his groove, then I think that Washington will make this a game. But more often than not, he's struggling to find his rhythm, his footing, whatever you want to call it, whenever he goes out there. He's not really rolling right now. I think you got to go with Stanford. McKee's been having a great year. Um, definitely one of the best quarterbacks ASU had faced at that point in time, even with Dorian Thompson-Robinson already under their belt. So, yeah, I think Stanford's going to pull it out. Yeah, I don't see any scenario where the Huskies are going to go into Palo Alto and win that football game. I think that UW is just a bad team right now. I don't think that they have a lot going for them. Uh, watching that game against U of A was painful. I thought the Wildcats actually had a chance in that game, and they did have a chance. If they yeah. look at that film, they're going to see that they left a lot of opportunities. A ton. Uh, uh, you know, at home against the Huskies, but I just don't think Washington's a good football team right now. I think that they have a lot of things they got to figure out. I think there's been, since Chris Peterson has left, a little bit of a, a brain drain and a talent drain. They're just, they yeah. don't look like the same Huskies team that was even competing in 2013, 2014. It's just not the same program, and much less the program back in the you know early 90s when I was a recruit, when the Huskies were just literally unstoppable. Uh, so I just don't see any scenario where the Huskies are going to be able to do anything against Stanford. Stanford's going to roll. Yeah, that's what I think too. Well, wrapping things up, it's time for our Friday funnies. Couple of Friday funny videos to just get the weekend starting off right and get some laughs. You mean the Madro wasn't enough? Oh, that was good, but these don't have to do with you guys doing some stuff. So, all right, Aaron, whenever you want to start with whatever one. Okay, y'all, so this was highly requested because if you know my pops, you know, he he has a weightlifting team or whatever and he benched 600 600 plus like 600 so this should be lightweight to him and in the video that i saw they used bottles and i was like dad i bet you could top that so i tied gallons of water onto the screen so that what you're gonna do is it's a little heavy to me so you're gonna hold that and you're gonna yeah so you're just gonna place it but it's it's like a physics thing so 
I'm gonna start stacking some books and see if you can hold it, okay? So we're gonna start off very lightweight. Can you do that? Not heavy yet? Good. Damn screen. Could be. Okay. Hold on, let me go grab some more books. Well, I ain't gonna work. What? Yeah, I ain't gonna work. Fuck your back. I don't know. Really be. <laughs> <laughs> That's some bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I can see. I did not see that coming. I was like, where's this going? Oh my God. If that was my daughter, you are grounded for a year, young lady. You don't even think about going to prom or homecoming or Sadie Hawkins. Get your ass in your room. I want to see you for 365 days. That's the stuff. Oh I would my do. gosh. Oh my god, I'm the worst. Did you see his face? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh All man. Right. Oh. The geez. next one. and phone calls saying you're looking in business windows, Evan. If you fall and break a bone, I am not going to wheel your ass around in a wheelchair. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Get home. You are such an idiot. Oh, my God. Get down. That's how we got up there. Guess I'm gonna have to start hiding the damn ladders. So, so this is what people do on TikTok. Apparently, oh um, just dress up as a creepy. This was flipping Michael Halloween. Myers and go just stand in front of windows. Yeah. Now, can you imagine doing that in downtown Phoenix? You'd probably get shot. Oh, probably. <laughs> Let's see what's next. Touche, Dollar General. You fell down yourself. <laughs> Get the fuck off. I got a job tomorrow. <laughs> they have two little kids. No, I'm gonna terrify them. Oh, come. Is this a permanent tattoo? Because I'm 
What a box. What a box at. It's like one with my skin now. Man, come off! Oh my gosh. If your Grinch costume got stuck on you like that, it was a mask, so thankfully I didn't have to go through that. Scrubbing your face to get oh, all the geez. green off. Okay, I think we have two more, right? Two more fun days. My shit is in my pants. Uh, first of all, why did you just cut? I am so sorry. I mean, I started. How did you start? I farted. And you just pooped all over yourself? Yes. Well, what do you mean about it? <laughs> I don't know. Just change me. No, and you're six years old. And you're messing with me. I know you. Well, I'm not. Oh, you're not messing. You're Oh, Poor boy. kid was like, Dad, I just shit my pants. Dad's like, No, you didn't. You're messing. The kid's like, No. No. Nope. Yeah. The dad was like, you have to, he was praying she was kidding. <laughs> like, oh, she's kidding, she's kidding. It's, it's, it's. Yeah. All right. So, as a matter of fact, I do have a couple tattoos. Barney. That's Morgan Freeman. That's uh, Mr. Potato Head. And Doodle Ball in a ring pop. That's Pipple inside of the globe because he's Mr. Worldwide. Steve Harvey. Ow! That's Albert Einstein and Nacho Libre. And these are a family of frogs. That's Scooby-Doo. And that's Devil Snoopy. Um, oh, that's Where's Waldo? And a dead goldfish in the alphabet. And the Cookie Monster. Those are my toes. Pink Panther. That's uh, Eeyore. There's Noah, Mr. P-Word Destroyer. Oh, Teletubby, Mr. Kermit the Frog, that's a roach, and a fat-ass unicorn, that's a lemon, that's Timmy Turner, and Dr. Seuss, Cat in the Hat, and a carrot and a mouse, and that's a ghost with a fucking fat ass, Gucci Mane's ice cream cone, some measurements, that's a fucking perk 30, but it says no perk 30s. It's like the no the no smoking sign, but with perk 30s. That's a uh, the House of Balloons album cover for the weekend. And that is Dolly's Melting Clock. That's a pair of hanging converse. Oh, Clifford, Gummy Bears, Pickle Rick. Oh, that's my Mac Miller portrait. Let me know, does it look like Mac Miller or 50 Cent? It looks like he has a dick in his mouth. That's my cat. That's my other cat. He lacks chromosomes. A lot of them. Oh, that's Shrek. And that's Jacob from Twilight. I think that's Jacob. Yeah, that's, yeah. The, yeah, I don't know, to be honest. There was one more that I wanted to show because it was my favorite. It had a, I can't ruin it. It's got to be this one though. The last one. This one? Okay. <laughs>
well, I don't know where it's at then. But it was uh, dropping a plunger on a bald guy's head from the oh, second gosh. story balcony, and it the 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 suction it made, that noise when it like on his head was absolutely hilarious and he took off running up the stairs with the plunger stuck to his head it was great anyways i don't have anything else Juan. unless there's anything else you want to add no just a great weekend and hopefully everyone gets out to the stadium tomorrow your noon kickoff it's a blackout and you know, i know there's a lot of him and hon about whether it's a blackout you know just go and have fun who cares what they're wearing who cares what time the game is <laughs> Look, who cares Anyone about who just take your ass to the stadium, cheer this team on, let's get to flipping six and two and finish the season strong. That's Anyone all that really matters in the end. I just invite you to take yourself back to this point in time last year. Would you be complaining if you had heard that there was a kickoff that you were able to attend? No, you wouldn't. So if you're complaining, gladly transport yourself back in time 365 days uh, to when the whole world couldn't do just anything. Be grateful we can get and, there and, and have yeah. fun and enjoy 25 years from our season and hopefully we witness the the resurrection of this team and the march to uh hopefully what would be a 10 and 2 season which i don't think anyone's gonna be crying about so i don't think let's so go. either let's go well, Dallas. that's all we have for you as you can see our little qr scanning code just popped up you guys can feel free to go ahead and scan that wherever you're watching and it will take you to the link to follow us on all of our social media our youtube everything like that make sure you go Hit that smash, follow, whatever, subscribe button that it may be, and uh, we'll see you guys soon.